Welcome to episode 35 of the Tough Drop Talks podcast. I'm your host, Brad Hughes. Appreciate you being along for the ride. This afternoon, we are coming to you from Fort Worth, Texas during the PBR World Finals of 2023. We are down in the historic stockyards at the Brand Room, where if you're looking for an authentic Western experience and some of the best food you'll find, you can find it here. Before we get started, we need to make sure and not only thank the Brand Room, but also thank our presenting sponsor this year, the Lane Frost Brand. We appreciate everything Stetson and the Frost family has done for us here at Tough Draw in all of our ventures, including this podcast. Be sure and visit lanefrost.com for some amazing hats, shirts, and everything Lane Frost. Use our code TDT15 for a discount on your purchase. Today, we are sitting down with the winner of the UTB event in Tacoma, Washington, three-time PBR finals qualifier, and key contributor for the Arizona Ridge Riders of the PBR team series, Chase Doherty. Chase is originally an Oregon cowboy who now calls Decatur, Texas home. I originally met Chase back in 2018 at the Wrangler NFR and have been a big fan of his ever since. Chase, how are you doing today, man? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me here. Absolutely. We're happy to have you on. So, Tacoma. You won Tacoma. Uh, Talk a little bit about that event and just kind of tell me, because that that was one of the biggest things that stood out to me. I watched that event and I saw what happened and stuff. Like, what do you remember about that event? What stood out to you? Man, I remember a lot about it. Uh, We'd been on the road for about, I don't know, eight or nine days. Hit a couple other events, Billings. Um, We stopped in Coeur d'Alene for a little while. And then went to Everett, and then went on to Tacoma, and I, so everybody, we were all a little beat up, but um, I actually felt fresh going in there. I had been doing a lot of work outside of the arena uh, to prepare, and it was coming down to the wire for me to make the finals. You know, yeah, um, I wasn't trying to focus on that, but it was definitely in the back <laughs> of my mind. So you know, that was a little bit of extra motivation. Yeah, just when I went into that weekend, I knew I only had two events left to do what I wanted to do. I set two goals for myself this year, and that was to make the PBR World Finals and to win an event. And I only had two events left to do it. Danged if you did it all in one. Huh? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I called a, I got a sports psychologist that I use, and I called her, and I said, we're going to have to set some more goals because <laughs> we, 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 knocked, them out this yeah, we knocked them out already, and we ain't even heck, six months into the year yet. Heck, yeah. Heck, yeah. Well, I don't know how many of the podcasts you've gotten a chance to listen to, but I like to kind of toss some icebreaker-type questions out there just to get you loosened up before we dive in and start really finding out who Chase Doherty is. So, Chase, what's your favorite food? Oh, breakfast. I could eat breakfast for dinner, <laughs> like, every day. That's probably, Honestly, my favorite meal is probably breakfast for dinner. Yeah. Yeah. Two, what, two eggs, there you go. over easy, hash browns, side of bacon, uh, biscuit, a little bit of gravy on it. There you go. That's awesome. Uh, all right, so you're young in your career, but what's uh, in your mind? What has stood out so far as the coolest moment? Uh, man, I don't know. There's been a lot of really cool ones. Um, the NFR was really cool. Calgary was, even, even though I didn't even make the short round in Calgary, but uh, I rode. I actually rode four out of five bulls when I went there, so it was still really Jeez. good. And you didn't make the short round? Uh uh-uh. uh. Holy moly! Like it was a tough. It was tough that year, man. It yeah. took a lot to win it, and uh, I just had one of the best experiences I've ever had rodeo, and I hadn't been to Canada very much at yeah. that point, so it was a lot of fun. Um, the first time I got to the, go to the PBR World Finals in Vegas, yeah, that was one of the coolest 
That was probably the coolest bull riding event I'd ever been to in my entire life. You were in the race for Rookie of the Year that year, correct? Oh, yeah, yeah. You and Eli, right? Yeah, it was like that it was, was, me, Eli, and Junior were yeah, kind of like the guys. That's right, yeah. Now I remember, I have to admit, with Eli riding the way he was and oh. all that, like I was like, I was pulling hard for him. <laughs> I w- honestly, but, I, I kind of was too. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Uh, even though I... Like I rode my first two bulls and felt great, but yeah. man, the pain that he had to endure and yeah. all the trials he went through to get to just to get that buckle, man, yeah. it was it was awesome to watch. And then have Paige at home, yeah, you that. know, with yeah. the twins yeah. coming, yeah. yeah, that was cool. That is cool, man. Um, all right, you have any superstitions or like pre-ride rituals? Oh, I got lots of pre-ride rituals. Oh, here but we I, go. <laughs> but, I, but I think it's bad luck to be superstitious. You oh, know? you know, okay. that's what. I mean, so, Jesse always say we're not superstitious, just a little <laughs> bit stitious. That's cool. What are some of them that you do? Uh, we we the main one is you don't just you don't set your hat on the bed, you know. Like okay. We try not to do it. If it happens, you know, we just act like it didn't happen. But <laughs> and uh, there's really not too many that I really like. Try to follow like hardcore. Yeah. You know, they're definitely you know don't wear yellow in the arena that kind of stuff. Like yeah. you know, those are things that I definitely don't try to do. <laughs> yeah. But it's, if it happens, it's, I definitely don't let it affect me because I've definitely worn yellow in the arena and still done all right. <laughs> That's cool. Um, so if you weren't if you weren't riding bulls, what would you be doing? Something in the Western industry. You okay. know, industry. Uh, I, I, a lot of people don't know this, but I do a little bit of AccuScope and mild pulse therapy on the side. Um, really? For animals, mainly equine athletes. Um, very cool. Do a little bit of bovine athletes too, but not very much. Um, but it would definitely be something like that. Do We train a couple horses at home. Um, it's more of a hobby for us. Yeah. We try to treat it like it's not a hobby, yeah. but it definitely is <laughs> for us. But yeah, I'd definitely be something in the Western industry. Probably wouldn't be raising bulls though. Oh yeah. No, I I grew up when I grew up. I grew up on like two acres. Oh okay. And not a lot of land, but at one point I had about eight bulls and six horses there. Oh wow. So I fixed a lot of fence. (laughs) I bet. And not and not a lot and most of the I mean you'd fix my fence first and then you'd have to fix the neighbor's fence so that got old quick. I bet. I bet. (laughs) All right. What's your favorite movie? Probably eight seconds. I'm not going to say that. I'm not saying that just because we're on yeah, here. No, but, but yeah, uh-huh. I mean, that's a great movie, honestly. Yeah. Like, I know some of the stuff in it isn't quite, you know, to the point exactly true, but come on. Like, it's yeah. a great story. A great you movie. know what I mean? Yeah, it's, you, it's, it's the best thing rodeo's got. It really is yeah. the best movie that was ever made about bull riding, that's for sure. Heck yeah. Um, all right. So, last icebreaker question, and this one's always kind of interesting. Um, What's the best compliment you've ever received? Oh, okay. This actually happened recently. Oh, okay. This is actually, this would be perfect for this podcast, but I met Clint Bronger. <laughs> oh, okay. I've actually met Clint Bronger twice, but recently I met him again yeah. in Billings, Montana, and he told me that, I told him I was trying to emulate some guys, some old school guys, you know, yeah. and he told me the best guy you could emulate is Lane Frost. He says the way oh, you, cool. the way you look, like your build, it's like the way you're built reminds me a lot of him stuff. Huh. I was like, all right, you know, I never thought, that's I pretty, never thought, that's I never, pretty you know, I, never I was like, you know, that's a really good compliment. That is, that's awesome. That's, that's so cool. So originally an Oregon cowboy, now you live in Decatur. Tell me a little bit about your backstory. How'd you get into rodeo? 
are you from a rodeo family and if you're not like how'd you get into the sport man i'm i would say i'm kind of from a rodeo family not yeah. really um my dad's a first generation cowboy okay he was born in oakland california um kind of moved all over the state Fam family was big into tennis and he just wanted decided wanted to be a bull rider in high school and ended up riding <laughs> bulls and wasn't real good at it but kind of knew the basic went to a john quintana school when he was okay. young yeah and jj quintana he's a judge now for the mm -hmm. pbrs uh so i my dad rode bulls till i was two years old i just grew up around it a little yeah. bit he had all his old gear around i wanted to do it loved it grew up watching eight seconds yeah. getting riding horses and calves and whatnot very cool that was kind of how i got into it we grew up in canby oregon okay which is about an hour south of portland kind of what i would call the bad side of oregon yeah <laughs> and did you did you rodeo in college did you go to college yep. and rodeos i high school rodeo junior rodeo did all that um went to the high school finals all four years and then very cool my dad really wanted me to go to college and get a degree so i, d I went to montana state in bozeman for a year and a half three semesters made yeah. the college finals one year there you go ended up third there the finals um i loved going to school there too like my coach andy bullish was awesome like yeah. an amazing coach but i was making the honestly that first year i went to call i could have probably made the nfr twice but i quit rodeoing probably right before pendleton hit okay and went just went to school just went to college rodeos yeah and man i was i was tearing it up yeah i like not trying to toot my own horn a little bit but i, I rode I rode 16 bulls in a row and then bucked off one and then rode Dang. another 14 in a row heck yeah so I was doing pretty – I could, probably could have went if I would have just kept that's, going. That's quite the percentage. <laughs> yeah. And then the next the next year I told my coach, I was like, man, I just – Yeah. I got to go. <laughs> so you started So you started prca and then you went over to college and yep. were dominant there. Talk a little bit about the, the jump back and forth of like going – you were originally doing rodeo prca and first, then went to the college ranks. What were the difference in the livestock and stuff? Were the quality of bulls a lot different? Oh, it was huge. Yeah. It was at least, especially for the region I was in, that big sky region. Yeah. And, you know, it was my plan. Uh, my plan to go to the Yo's Yellow Buck and Shoots before I went to the PBR. So it was kind of all part of the plan, you could say. But when I would go to those college rodeos, I don't know how many they had a year. I was probably like six or whatever. You'd get on to a weekend. Um, and I went to every one. I think out of two years, I think they bucked me off of maybe three bulls. Dang. Yeah. And you go to the pro road. And just the the intensity is the main difference, you know. Yeah. The speed, the quickness, the agility in the bulls. Yeah. I don't know what it is about pro rodeo. You could be 75 points and you felt like you should have been 85. Yeah. No joke. Well, I, so, you know, so you, it sounds like you've kind of ran the gamut of going to the highest – possible whether it be high school junior rodeos college prca you you have made it to the nfr you know and then obviously here we are during the pbr world finals your third time here you know you we're talking about kind of the the difference in the level of bull what talk to me a little bit about the difference even between just rodeo and what the pbr brings to the table when you're out the unleash the beast level like you are yeah so i mean that in my opinion it's every bull rider's dream is to compete at the highest level in my opinion this right here is the highest level yeah and the difference between the bulls i wouldn't say i wouldn't say that the bulls over here are necessarily any ranker but the difference is when you go to them rodeos it's typically one two maybe three contractors 
a really good one's going to have you know six or seven contractors yeah. but yeah. you're still this the consistency of the bulls yeah over here you have one guy that's picking the best bulls in the world to come yeah and they're Every all time. rank yeah yeah so in round one got on a bull uh hipped himself got a re-ride um looked like pretty hard fall <laughs> yeah. but still took the re-ride you know what is the mentality and the mindset going into it if you get on one you get you know you get slammed hard you get hip checked stuff like that like what what is the mentality of like going into that next bull because you don't really have a lot of time to really think about it or process what just happened no especially here you really don't have any time to think about it but you really just got to trust the process like put your faith in god's plan like this is this is what's supposed to happen yeah so don't you can't look at it like oh darn this happened well now now i'm really gonna have to muster up the courage to go to the next one it's like no this is this is part of the plan just trust in it and go out go at this second one just like you did the first one even though it didn't work out the way you wanted it to yeah absolutely just uh calm confident and resilient you know you just got to be calm confident in that you put the work in and then resilient knowing that you can buck off one cody campbell gave me probably the best piece of advice i've ever gotten from anybody and he told me to if you want to be one of the best bull riders in the world you have to know that you can buck off 10 bulls that you should have rode every single day and then go be 90 on 10 bulls that nobody would ever thought you could have rode that's what it takes to be you have that mentality know that you can do that day in that's great yeah so you you've mentioned clint bronger you, you know, we talked a little bit before the podcast about how you've been to some tough Hedeman events. You know, obviously you're around guys like, you know, being from the Ridge Riders, you're around Paulo and guys like that, Kobe Yates. When you think about the legends of the sport and the fact that you're such an eight seconds fan and different things like that, what does that, the, the legacy and the tradition mean to you? Because it obviously means something. And some, it's interesting because I've talked to a lot of guys. Some guys have that, some guys don't. Um, I don't think it makes them any any better or worse or anything like that, but I always just find it fascinating because I'm such a big fan of the sport and I know the history and follow it and stuff like that. Um, but for you, what, is, what does that mean to you to be like, you know, to run into Clint Bronger and to get advice from Cody and, you know, and, and be coached by Paulo and things like that? What does that mean to you? Uh, I might butcher this, but I'm going to do my, Go I'm going to try it, my dude. best, but it, it it really means the world because you know those are the guys when i was a kid that i looked up to well i'd see them on tv and i think man those those are the guys i want to be like when i grow up and then when you do grow up and you get the chance to be around them and they're maybe they're not exactly like you thought they were going to be but they're still nice and they're giving you advice and maybe not nice but it's advice you know what i mean like they're Depends. trying to help Depends you out if you buck off or not yeah right? like they're, <laughs> they're trying to help you out whether you think so or not and uh it's awesome just to have those guys around because they're my heroes. You know? Yeah, absolutely. The, you know, the tie to eight seconds and the things that we've talked about with that, uh, talked about how quality of a movie it is as far as for this community because there's not really much. Um, what are some things that looking at Lane Frost, uh, whether it be in the movie or what you know outside of it, you know, we're sponsored by the Lane Frost brand. That's our main sponsor for the podcast. And, gotten to know the frost family really well i don't know if you've ever gotten to meet clyde and elsie or not but uh but anyway what is what is that 
what do you, what do you take away when you see somebody like Lane Frost or when you watch eight seconds that you try to apply to your own career right now? The main thing that I take away from Lane, there's two things there's really is. And I actually did get to meet uh, Clyde and Elsie one you? time. Okay, I, sh- I shook their hand one time. For, yeah. It was very brief. They, I don't know if they'll remember or not, but it, I think it was at the <laughs> NFR a lot too. Of people, so, yeah, yeah. You know, I don't, I wouldn't blame them not a bit. And, uh, but the, the way he carried his faith through everything, you know, yeah. um, like he, the way he believed in God and just trust the process, you know, he, he really did. Like he never, never second guessed nothing. You know, he went at everything full force yeah. and, and I never knew him. I just, you know, I just know him through books and movies and watching documentaries, but that you can see, you can just tell that's the way he was. Yeah. And the other thing is he always took the time to stop and, you know, sign an autograph or talk to a fan. Yeah. You know, that was, those are some of the coolest moments that I, that stick with me. Um, in, in my own life, Tater Porter, mm-hmm. uh, Ross Coleman had his invitation on Malala one year. <laughs> I was like four years old, and my dad got me this little bodacious figurine, and he said, <laughs> why don't you go back there and get Tater Porter's autograph? Because at the time, Tater Porter was my favorite bull rider. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know what the, I didn't know who the hell Tater Porter was, you know? <laughs> I knew what he looked like with his chefs and his vest on, but I didn't know what he looked like with the, just yeah. his riding jeans on. So I go back there, and sure enough, I can't figure out who, the, who he is. <laughs> I'm, I'm like four years old. I start crying. I got this bull in my hand and I'm just standing back there in the middle of the back pants. And some, one of the bull riders comes up to me and he goes, man, hey, little guy, you, you lost or something? <laughs> and I always looked up at him. I got tears in my eyes. I'm all, I'm, my dad sent me back here to look for Tater Porter. And he goes, well, you did a pretty good job of finding him because it happened to be him. <laughs> oh, gosh. That's cool. And he took he signed my bull and he took me around to everybody that would sign my bull and he, oh, they, wow, that's cool. they all signed my bull and then he got a picture with me and that's I still cool. have the picture actually oh, yeah. in you my still office. Have the bull. I still have the bull in my <laughs> you office still have too. The bull. There you yeah. go. That's so, cool. Like man. stuff like that, you know, and, and I just think Lane really embodied that. Absolutely. So you brought up earlier a sports psychologist and uh we've had a few guests on that talk about that. Trey Holston's talked about that with me. What, you know, for a sports psychologist, for you, what it, what does that do? Um, and, you know, and to be honest, what does that mean? Because a lot of people I don't even think truly understand what that means. Um, I've had very limited experience kind of knowing what it is. Um, but, yeah, what is, for you, what does that mean? Um, man, sports psychology to me just means getting, your, getting in the right mindset. Yeah. Being able uh, – let me put it better, better this way. It's like being able to flip that switch. Yep. Like being yeah. able to turn it on like, okay, this is game time and not overdo it. Yeah. Because anybody can flip that switch and just rage. Yeah. But being able to control your emotions, your, your movements, every muscle in your body, like they, you wouldn't think a sports psychologist could help you do that, but yeah. they really can. Yeah. And when I grew up rodeoing, uh, learning how to ride bulls, we had Myron Duart helped us he made the nfr like seven times yeah and he would preach sports psychology really so i've always i've always had read books and whatnot but i've never actually used a sports psychologist until this year okay and i should have started doing that a lot earlier yeah i I recommend anybody that is thinking about doing it definitely do it i use uh 
page champion with champion okay. living so yeah i've actually talked to her yeah. we're probably gonna have her on the podcast uh, i point, definitely you definitely yeah. should because she could explain this way better than i ever will yeah. be able to but I, th- I think it's cool because you know in in present day in, a, in our society you know mental health is something that a lot of people talk about and sometimes it's considered bad or like has a stigma attached to it but at the same time sometimes it's just like you're saying being able to flip the switch and being able to be in the right headspace to right. get up and you know to get up and do it because again it's it's funny because in a lot of ways it goes back to exactly what cody told you right it's like you got a buck off 10 that you know you can ride and then be able to turn around and ride 10 that a lot of people don't think you can yeah. so it's you know it's kind of it's always been there i think that mentality but it's like to be able to kind of uh, compartmentalize it and focus on it. Yeah. I've always thought it was pretty interesting. And you know, a lot of guys are just too stubborn to go get help too. Yeah. Like they just don't want, they just think they're tough enough to tough <laughs> it out. And, it, and some guys are. Yeah. But I think a lot, I think bull riding would benefit greatly from having more guys go to use a sports psychologist. Absolutely. When, when you look at the PBR versus pro rodeo, individualized sport every man for himself you're riding to make that scoreboard but last year you were drafted to the arizona ridge riders what has that been like for you um just in general like what is that you know team aspect and being drafted by arizona like what does that look like pull the curtain back a little bit man for me it's been a kind of a dream come true really it came at a perfect time for me too because last year I, I broke my leg in june and then i had a bad bad injury in september so i i literally spent eight nine months on the sidelines last year and and they came in and they helped me and my family along the whole way That's and awesome. that helped that that was and i mean they invited us to go do cool stuff all along the way so it was really it was really cool to have like that family support kind of feeling you know with, with the team and they were, and they did a pretty good job last year too, yeah. without me. So I'm really excited to get back on and kind of really play my part this year. But man, that the the team deal, I love it. I thought it was great. Yeah. I like the individual season too. Yeah. Um. Right, right now, in this day that we're in today, I like the individual season better. Yeah. But I have really high hopes for the team series. Yeah. Yeah, I I sat down uh, last year with Justin Felisco, and uh, he's a big football fan, sports fan like I am too, and we kind of nerded out talking about the teams. And I've I've talked about how I really and truthfully believe that the PBR teams and that dynamic could could very well put bull riding as like a fourth major American sport. It really you know? could, and you know it's growing, um, and you know when you when you think about do you ever see a time where the teams could be could overtake even just the natural sport of bull riding of just individualized yeah i see that coming here sometime in the near future i'm not like if it doesn't if it doesn't happen before i retire it's going to happen shortly after i retire yeah and what what is the plan for you talking about retiring you're what 20 Three twenty. You're twenty five this year. Okay. Hey, there's people going up and down the road older than you. Oh, way older. I just had Jeff Askey on the other day. Yeah, well, he's like (laughs) thirty. Forty. 
I'm just kidding. <laughs> the elder statesman. I hope Jeff hears this. He will. I'm sure. I'm going to send it to him and be like, you better listen to Chase talking smack. <laughs> now, what, what does the future look like for you? What is your plan or your hopes for the rest of your career? Yeah, I, uh, I tell everybody I'm going to try. I want to win two gold buckles and quit. However long that takes. Yeah. But, I mean, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ride bulls until I don't feel like I want to do it anymore. Yeah. I don't know how long that's going to be. Will you ever PRCA and PBR anymore? Uh, yeah, again, I'll probably, I, uh, me and Kara have talked about going rodeo. And, uh, it'll probably happen later in my career. Yeah. We'll probably, and, it, and it's not like I'm going to probably, uh, who knows? It's kind of a long ways in the future for me to really make a set plan for it, but I don't know if I'll really make a run for the NFR again. Yeah. It'll probably be like circuit stuff, you know, maybe maybe try and get some qualifications built up to where I can take my boy to see some cool rodeos kind of thing. Oh, yeah, that'd be you great. You know, yeah. that's what I'm going to treat it as more of like a, I want to take my family to go see some cool stuff and Absolutely. do what I love at the same time. Yeah. No, I Because you, you can do that with the PBR too, but it's yeah. a different, Yeah, but it's, it's a completely kind of a different atmosphere. Kind of thing, yeah, yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like you don't get to be on the road. And when you go to the PBRs, it's business, man. Mm. It's business. From the day you show up, everybody's running and gunning everywhere you go when you go to a rodeo there might be there might be a handful of people you know doing that sure but there's going to be a lot of people sitting around drinking beer roping a roping dummy outside their trailer you know it's more of a my experience being at both is it feels more of a community aspect it's more of it feels more uh it's like that sunday barbecue feeling yeah 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 absolutely and uh, so your your son, how old is he again? He's a year and a half. He'll be okay, two in September. So one thing that I'm always fascinated by, because so, I know for me there was a big shift when I had my first kid, but how did how did the birth of your, your first boy, your only boy right now, but how did uh, that change your mindset? It kind of messed with me a little did bit. It? I'm not going to lie. It kind of made yeah. me pressure up. Yeah. Uh, I kind of let it mess with me more than it should have for a while there. I was just, I was really, really focused on being a dad, you know? Yeah. Like, I just wanted to be a dad. I didn't want, I really didn't want to ride bulls at that point. Yeah. Like, I was just doing it because that's what bought diapers. Yeah. You know, yeah. at that point, I just wanted to. That's what provided. Yeah, yeah. I just wanted to hang out with him. Yeah. And then once I kind of got over that, then I realized, oh, shoot, I kind of, wa- I just wasted like yeah. a lot of time yeah. <laughs> with my bull riding. You know, it wasn't, I shouldn't say wasted, you know, cause it wasn't wasted no, yeah. cause I had a, you know, those were those, that's the time I'm never going to get back. And yeah. I, I think that I spent it the way I should have, yeah. but I was like, okay, all right, this is the way I just rearranged my uh, time management a little bit and it yeah. got way better. There you go. And now, now, man, it's awesome. Like now he's a year and a half and he, he loves bull riding just as much as I do. I think, <laughs> I don't think he's, I don't, I hope he doesn't want to ride bulls. If he does, <laughs> if he does, we're going to do everything we can to make sure he's, the best the at right it, but, way. Yeah. yeah but he does love to watch it he does the thing i think is gonna save me he don't like sitting on them like oh, the really? calves he doesn't really like sitting on horses for very long yet he likes looking at them petting them <laughs> messing around with them yeah well keep that in prayer for sure <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the future no plans both Hopefully for yours like and your wife's sake pga golf pro there you or go That'd yeah be nice. there's more money there anyway. way more money <laughs> man so we have some fan questions. Let me pull these up. I know there was quite a few fan questions, but there was also quite a few people that were just saying, like, you know, best of luck. And um, 
Daisy said she wanted to wish you the best of luck in your dangerous and heroic line of work. <laughs> uh, somebody said good luck, Chase, from Pr- Prineville. Oh, yeah. Prineville, Oregon. Prineville, Oregon. Prineville, yep. okay. Um, another uh, Pratt lady said good luck, Chase. And then J Max says our crew of superstitious fans wants to know if he packed his pink and red winning scent shirts for the finals. Which you had a red, <laughs> you had a red shirt on round one, right? Yep, I did have a red shirt on last night. I, the pink shirts might have to come out next week. Okay, might have to save okay. for next we'll, week. We'll get those. We'll get those out. Uh, Nathan Harp, which we just had Harp on. I got a question for you about Harp here in a minute. Uh, he said, "What about smokestack?" May Chase want him tonight? Oh. Uh, man, that's a good question. I think Smokestack is like the new bruiser. Yeah. Uh, so. People might cr- criticize me for that. They might not agree no. with me. But, man, he's so cool. I haven't been on him yet, so I don't know what he feels like. But I've been on Bruiser. Yeah. And I think Bruiser might be a little bit better to ride than this yeah. But um, he's, you can be in the 90s on him when you ride him. He's going to go either way. He might switch it back. Like you don't really know what he's going to do, but he's going he's gonna to be honest. He's yeah. going to be up and down. And he's true. That's what I was going to say. Is, you know you what know, I mean? It's kind of like with uh, – so Blake Sharp. We're, we're going to have Blake on uh, throughout this finals as well. But, you know, Smokestack's one of Blake's bulls. We're going to deep dive on all of his bulls since he's got so dang many of them here. Dude, right? he's got a great pen of bulls. <laughs> and, great uh, pen. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, when I watch a bull like Solo or Legend – Stuff like that. Both Cord and Blake are friends of the podcast, but those bulls with the athleticism and the torque and the turn of their bodies and they're stuff. They're a little it's dirty. Just, you have no idea, you know, what's about to come. They're a little dirty. Smokestack, like you're saying, like he's honest, whatever he's going to do, but it's going to have a crap load of power behind it. Yeah, right? you know, he, he's a big old bramer. You know what he's going to – he's going to rear, he's going to crest, he's going to kick the lights out. Yep. You just don't know if he's going to go left or right. Yep. But yep. those are the kind of bulls that – I ride the best, I think, when they can do that. If I can do my job, then I should be able to ride him. If, uh, if I can ride him like he's going straight, I should be able to ride him like he's going left or right. Yeah. Do you, do you ride left-handed or right-handed? Left-handed. Left-handed? Yeah. Okay. Do you have a preference of into your hand away from your hand, or does it not matter? Man, I don't really care. Yeah. Um, Are you dominant either way? I don't think so. Okay. Pretty even? Yeah. Cool. I think it. I think I'm more dominant on style of bull than – Okay. Then which way Styles they go, you know. You better. Yeah. Does bulls like smokestack fit you better? I think so. The ones that are honest but just, just powerful. Buck. Yeah. Damn. So interesting that Harp asked a question. So we had Harp on our last episode. And uh, you know, obviously, uh with the podcast we've only we've only had the pleasure of having two bullfighters on so far. So Bryce Rito a long time ago. Back before he made any of NFRs or anything back in twenty twenty. Um and then uh, had heart last week. What is what do those bullfighters mean to you? And what are your relationships with those guys like? They're pretty good relationships. <laughs> I can tell you that much. <laughs> I'm pretty good butt. friends with all of them. <laughs> yeah. uh, man, those guys, they're, it's insane what they do. Yeah, I know it is because I've tried to do what they do a couple times. And I just, you think you're a lot closer to them than you really are. <laughs> when you go back and watch the videos, you yeah. think you're, touching them on the nose and you're about 10 foot away from them i don't know how them guys can they get just up get on up there, there and actually do get touch. elbow deep on their horns and stuff and 
and they just get run over. Like uh, it was just last weekend, I think Nathan took a pretty dang good shot for me, like a really good shot. Yeah. And he just got right back up. I can tell you, if that was me, I'd still be laying out there. <laughs> yeah. They'd be they'd be digging the hole next. To <laughs> yeah. So Cash Doherty. Spelled different than yours, but it says, "What's the best advice you could give to a new new bull rider?" The best advice I could give to a new bull rider, like a beginning bull rider, would yeah. be to go to a good school. Yeah, yeah. Cody Custer, I think, yeah, puts he on does great schools. Up in Oklahoma. Um, I think Gary Lefew is an is an all right option. I never been to one of his schools, so I couldn't quite vouch one hundred percent. I've been to one of Cody's schools. He yeah. he does a great job. I, and I really like the way he teaches bull riding. Um, I'm going to be start putting on some schools here, uh, hopefully by the end of this year. There you go. But the main thing to, for Let's beginning bull riders. Chase Doherty's bull riding school. Yeah, Come on. Coming out. <laughs> <laughs> a little shout out. But it's just good equipment. Yeah. Spend the money on good equipment. Yeah. And then don't get on anything. That, like If you're getting on a bull that's bucking you off, don't get on them again. Yeah. Especially when you're young, man. Yeah. Go get on something you can ride. And and ride him until it's easy. Yeah. And then go get on something you can't ride. Yeah. Everybody these days they're trying to go they're trying to go get on these bulls that they can't ride and get on them until they can ride them. Like that's not how you learn to ride bulls. Yeah. That's not how you win like that's not how you don't like when you go to jump pole vault you don't go set a 15 foot pole out there <laughs> and then just go until you can get to Half 15 the time foot you do it without the bar you know what i mean yeah. you go out there and you set it at six foot and then yeah. you go to seven foot eight yeah. foot nine foot. the bull riders like somehow forgot about that like <laughs> come on guys you go get on something you can ride yeah and then work your way up the ladder it'll be it's gonna click for you so much faster when you do it that way yep absolutely no that's great chelsea says your oh this is the same question she submitted on facebook too but it was the one about the did you pack your red and pink shirts so um let's see trey holston oh yeah (laughs) here's a question from trey has your motivation changed over the years or has it been one specific thing throughout your career that's a really good question i feel like trey always brings those good yeah he does (laughs) The main motivation never changes. Yeah. Everybody wants a gold buckle. Yep. But your motivation to get to that gold buckle, like there's different levels, like everybody, there's levels to this shit, mm-hmm. man. So your motive, your main goal, motive, you got to have motivation to get to that. So your motivation to get to that gold buckle definitely has to change. Like I have, I have, you know, I wake up in the morning, motivate myself to go brush my teeth. Yeah. Or whatever it is. You know, every day you got. Some yeah, days are harder than You others. definitely have to change it, I would say. Yeah. And I don't know if I necessarily classify it as motivation either. You know what I mean? I yeah. might classify it as goals, you know, more or less. Well, your little boy, like family is a big part. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You Motivating know. to keep going. Um, which actually ties into our next question from the second hand sorrel. How the hell did you land your wife? Because sh- damn, she's out of your league. <laughs> Who said that? I'm assuming that's your wife. Oh. Which she's actually in the room that with us. That is my wife. So yeah. she's she's cracking Second up. Secondhand sorrel comment. Pr- yeah, yeah, yeah. She probably did that. this just so I'd have to read it out yep, loud. Yeah, she did. Can't but uh, give her business. What is secondhand sorrel? So secondhand she, sorrel. Shout it out a little bit. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Uh, she, my wife is a pretty 
badass businesswoman. She's had three different businesses since we've been together. They've all been very successful. This is a consignment store. Yeah. It's online and a storefront in Decatur. They're just like two blocks from the square. Cool. Um, and it's pretty ranked. Men and women's clothes. She's got some Western tack in there. It's, it's pretty cool. Pretty cool spot. Heck yeah. But me and my wife, we met in Calgary actually at the rodeo. And what's her name? Say her name. Kara. Kara, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> We've got to get the name in want, there. I don't want too many people in the room. <laughs> Mike's trying to steal her. I mean, it just, I just read that question, so it made it sound like I was <laughs> trying to steal her from me. No, uh, you met in Calgary? Yeah. She was doing a sports med internship, so she was in sports med every day. And a funny story, I actually had a shoulder brace, and I was knew i knew she was good looking and i wanted to talk to her but i was too scared to go ask her to help me with my shoulder brace so i never did and then lo and behold i'm at the bar one night at ranchman's getting just sloshed you know and this beautiful girl just walk walks up to me and she wasn't trying to she wasn't trying to talk to me by any means <laughs> she asked was asking me where the bathroom was and i was like this is my this is my opportunity this is my chance i gotta i gotta do something here <laughs> I said, I will tell you where the bathroom is if you promise to come back and dance with me. And she said oh, she would. Look at that. You know, Smooth. <laughs> if I would have heard, I wouldn't have came back. <laughs> but she did. She came back, and we ended up uh, hanging out all night that night. All night. I, ended, actually, I didn't even get her number, and I actually thought her name was Karen. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That's a true story. Yeah. Um, the next day, we were in line at the concession stand, and I was like, damn, how am I going to find this girl? Because she wasn't in sports med that day. And I wasn't up, so I wasn't in there. But, like, man. And sure enough, she was behind me in the line concession stand. Oh. Got to meet her. Fate would have it. <laughs> yep. Two weeks later, got in a big fight with one of my traveling partners. And I uh, had a, about two weeks worth of rodeos lined up and about 1500 miles worth of driving to do and i wasn't going to do it by myself so i called her and said hey <laughs> what are the what are the odds that you come out to fly out to denver and go on and help me rodeo for the next two weeks and she, she thought i was joking i said no i'm serious like i need some help you can take care of my shoulder <laughs> she came out she flew out to denver and we went to loveland that night went to lovington colville logan missoula and i dropped her off in seattle I rode every single bull I got on that week. Oh, there and you then, go. <laughs> you were like, I got to keep this one. <laughs> yeah. It was, wasn't was a year later we were married. A year and a half later we were married. And a year after that we had a little boy. And Heck yeah. Well, that's cool, man. Yeah, it's a pretty well, cool story. That was a great way to put a bow on this one. So, <laughs> Chase, is there anything else you would like to say to your fans and or just fans of the sport of bull riding or rodeo in general? Uh-huh. Just thanks for being a fan. Yeah. And, uh, just keep supporting. Uh, and voice your opinion. Don't be quiet. Like, yeah. If there's something that you guys think needs to be changed, say it. Yeah. Because that's the only way we're going to get better. That's a great, great statement right there. That's awesome. So thank you all. So, or Chase, man, thank you so much for being here. And I've really, really enjoyed this one. Again, thank you all for listening and to the Lane Frost brand for sponsoring these podcasts for 2023. Without the support, we couldn't do what we love doing here. Make sure and go to lanefrost.com for merch and all things Lane Frost, along with all of their social media platforms. 
And remember to use the code TDT15 to save 15% on your orders. Also, thank you to Don Stubbs and the Brand Room for allowing us to set up here today. Chase, what are your social handles and where can people follow along with all that you have going on? So I got uh, Instagram, Facebook. Facebook's just Chase Doherty. Instagram is D-O-U-G-H-E-R underscore C. Okay. All right. And we'll make sure and put that on the comments as well oh that's not it anymore it's official oh, it's official it. chase doherty my oh, bad man. hey we're, glad, changed, uh, yeah, my we're bad. glad the wife's here glad she's here to pick up the slack uh, and to thank you all for listening and follow along with us on social media at tough draw and at tough draw talks for more episodes of our podcast as we continue to bring y'all closer to the rodeo community until next time everyone enjoy the ride Hi.